Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Philip Hum. Philip helps sales experts around the world use stories to become their client's number one trusted advisor. Before starting his own company, Philip worked as a product manager at Uber and a consultant at Bain & Company. He's written a book on story selling where he interviewed 71 sales leaders on how to use stories authentically in sales. And that book is um, slated to come out in March of 2023. And last year, he gave a TEDx talk on secret to building lasting confidence, which I've Ask them about. It's very interesting. We're going to talk about it at the end of this episode. So thanks so much for joining me today, Philip. It's a pleasure, Diane. It's great to have you here. I, I love this um, concept of storytelling and, and we have so many aspects of it that I want to make sure we get to. Uh, I'd like to start by asking you, um, why is storytelling, why does it matter in sales? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. On this one, um, as, as most of the audience right now is small business owners or anyone probably pitching some ideas, right? And everyone that is thinking about, hey, the last time that you pitched an idea, a product, a service, do you think that the other person, the buyer, remembers your pitch, let's say, the next day, a week later, a month later? Probably not, right? <laughs> and yeah, that's probably not. That's where stories come in, right? When we use facts, when we use data in our presentation, that's all awesome. We should do that. But let's just be mindful. That's not that memorable. If you want to be memorable, you got to bring in some emotions. And the easiest way, the most effective way to communicate emotions is through stories. Okay. I, I love that. I And I totally agree with you. I think this is something that is somewhat difficult for people to wrap their heads around, like what kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. So um, you had mentioned something when we were talking before we, before I, I hit record about a connection story. Mm -hmm. And I love this concept. So I'm wondering, would you please share with the listeners what that is, you know, where it's valuable, just like everything about it, please. <laughs> yeah. Love to. So connection stories, Think about the, or 
think about a meeting that you have now with a buyer or with anyone that you meet for the first time. Usually it happens like this, like, hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, well, yeah, good. Uh, the weather here in South Spain is really bad. Uh, I'm stuck in the traffic today. Whatever it is, right? That's how most of us do small talk. Most of us, probably not all of your listeners, right? You're probably incredible at small talk. But <laughs> most of us, we are pretty, pretty bad at small talk. And so in these moments, instead of wasting your time on the weather or traffic, you can share a tiny, tiny story about that sh shows something about yourself. Let me give you an example. If yeah. someone asks me right now, hey, Philip, how are you? I could respond like that. I could say, you know what? Really, really good. This morning, I went to my favorite coffee place. Right when I got my card out, the owner, Joey, looked at me and said, oh, good, Philip. This one is on the house. And I just looked at him. Really? Why? Anyway, he made my day that day. When was the last time that someone was nice to you? I don't know, for no reason. How was that for you? Did you see what I did there? I just used a tiny, tiny story on how are you. Now you may argue, ah, hey, Philip, this is too much of a big story already. Well, you can choose to share only an interesting fact about yourself, right? You can say, hey, I've been ordering at this place at Uber Eats for now the past 10 months and I'm freaking loving it. Whatever it is, right? Just something that shows a little bit more personality. It's a short story. It's 30 seconds, 60 seconds, not more. It's really just to build rapport. Now, the one tough part about this is actually not the telling the story. It's very much in asking the right question. Because if I just ask you, so Diane, how are you? Well, it's very tough for you to respond there, right? But if I ask you, hey, Diane, um, when was the last time that blah, blah, blah? When was the, what was the last skill that you picked up and absolutely loved? Well, you will have a story in return, right? So when you go for these questions, is pick something that asks for a story in return. That's so interesting. So you tell a story and you connect it to a question so that they can then tell a story. Exactly. Yeah, that's how you build a connection. Wow. I really like that idea. But for so many reasons, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday who was saying, um, uh, one of the things that they don't really like about networking is really not knowing what to say. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, my response was, well, you know, don't ask them about what they do, like ask them. So tell me your story. Cause they'll tell you whatever one matters to them, but then they get to talk and you get to listen. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it takes the pressure off. Mm. On this one, Diane, um, I want to, little bit challenge you on this one on what's right. your story just because i know how i react when someone asks me so tell me a story i'm completely overwhelmed <laughs> i'm uh -huh. a business storytelling coach so when you ask people for their story it's a very big big question to ask yeah. i would almost make it more specific right and ask for specific moments in time where you said hey um i don't know what was cool thing that you learned in this year or maybe what's what was the most special holiday that you went to you know 
rather asking for these favorite oh, words and experiences, yeah. then we'll get stories as well, but they are more concrete. Uh-huh. I get that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. It's more specific so they can land on it. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. That's great. Excellent. Okay. So um, uh, talk to me about a founder story or an origin story. Mm-hmm. What's sure. that all about? Okay. Sure thing. So everyone right now that is listening, they're probably doing some sort of business that you've, that you've founded at one point, right? Anytime that you now meet someone new, whether it's at a networking event or a buyer or potential coworker, they will always want to know why, why did you come up with that stuff, right? Why did you come up with your business? What makes, what made you choose go for it? And in these moments, we're often doing a very poor job as well of explaining it. We're like, okay, so um, yeah, it was always my passion to uh, fix the financial accounting system for X, Y, Z. (laughs) Obviously, all of you do a much better job at explaining what you do. But most of us, we go into way too many of the technicalities. When you share what you do, it's not about going into all the technicalities. The other person should get a sense, really, why do you do that? They should see the purpose behind it, the passion behind it. They should see like, oh, man, this is so cool that I really get why he's in this business or she is in this business. Um, and so what you want to do is when you talk about these founder stories, you want to give pretty much three specific steps. One is the old world. Let's say you a couple of years back, you were doing your minding your normal business. Then the trigger moment. So something specific happened. And then something, uh, let's say something specific that changed you to to think differently, to act differently. And then the new world, how you now look on this life in a new way. Should I give you an example? Okay, let me give you an example of, let's say, uh, I have a lot of different founder stories, but let's say if I want to share just a tiny part of that, I will, I could use the following founder story as an example. So in my cases, um, a few years back, I was still working as a product manager at Uber, when on one day I heard that I would be laid off. And that moment, obviously my entire world broke down. I thought, man, shoot, right? I got to leave now Amsterdam. I will uh, probably have to leave my house right now. Uh, Probably no one is going to hire me right now. But my first reaction was to look for all these different roles out there. But after looking at more and more different roles that were very close to the role that I was doing, I looked at it and I thought, Philip, is this is this really how I want to spend the rest of my life in a very similar role to my previous role? I mean, I wasn't unhappy, but I wasn't fulfilled, right? Is this how I want to spend the rest of my life doing a role that I don't care that much about? And then I thought, you know what? Let me actually try out different things, things that I hadn't tried out before. So from that moment, I just went deep into all these different things, storytelling, acting, improv, stand-up comedy, dancing, all these different things. And after a few months, I realized that actually the one thing that I love the most, that gives me the most energy, that's storytelling. 
And that's when I decided to go deep on that. Took, I think, 20 different courses on it, read 30 books on storytelling, and quickly I went all out and became a business storytelling coach. Now, that just as an example of a founder story that I could use once in a while for different audience, I could use a different one. But for you, you want to think of what is the key moment in your past that um, where you took the decision to go for your business? That is so great. I love the way you tell that story too, because you can feel it as you're telling it. You know, you tell it with emotion. Yeah, lots of emotion. And yeah, not even that much here. If you're on a bigger stage, if you're in a keynote, you can go much bigger into the emotions as well if you want to. You can always tone emotions up and down depending on your audience. Okay, so what are the ingredients of a great story? Okay. The ingredients of a great story are three things. One, surprise, emotions, and visual moments. Surprise, there should be something that is unusual, something that you didn't see coming, something where the listener is like, oh man, I better pay attention right now, otherwise they'll miss something. That could be a plot twist, right? That could be something unusual where you're like, oh, this one day I sent thousand emails or maybe something dramatic that happened. Anything that is unusual keeps your listeners engaged. That's surprise. That's the first one. The second one is emotions. So anything, anything that lets the listener connect to your audience. You want to bring in some emotions where the listeners feels the struggle, where they feel the emotions of the story. By letting them feel the emotions, it feels as if they were part of the story. It feels as if they are living the story. And so uh, try to have anything that triggers the emotions. That could be by sharing some of the thoughts that are going on in your mind, right? You can be like, oh man, this sucks, right? Everyone will think right now I'm a failure. The thoughts that are going on in your mind, or maybe just some emotional language. And then the last one, visual moments. Now, when we talk about storytelling, you always want to bring us into a specific moment of your story. So it's that moment when you stand, let's say, in your apartment, something happens and you're just wondering, oh, man, this is terrible. I got to work on this. Or your boss walks up to you and says, you did a terrible job there. Whatever it is, bring us into the specific moment of the story. The more generic you are, the less compelling your story is. The more you can bring us into the physical scene of the story, the more powerful it will be. So um, recap, surprising emotions and visual moments. Surprising emotions and visual moments. That's it. Okay. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and talk to me about rehearsing because this is the other thing I hear from people that they feel really scripted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. On, on scripted, let's first start with debunking one of the things that you should avoid at all costs and which everyone keeps hearing everywhere. We don't rehearse in front of a mirror. <laughs> it's one of these things that we've been hearing all the time. And honestly, I don't get how it can still be around. Why is it so bad? Well, when you rehearse in front of the mirror, the only thing that you accomplish there is that you'll feel more self-conscious. Because you'll be looking at yourself and you're like, what's that wrinkle below my eye? Do I always look that tired? Whatever it is, right? You just get more self-conscious. It's not a natural way to look at yourself while you're speaking. You will never have that in real life. So what I suggest there, if you want to rehearse, and yes, you should definitely rehearse, rehearse speaking out loud in your room. What I usually do there is I set, I define a few objects in my room. So I say, hey, this plant is object number one. This glass is object number two. Uh, My phone is object number three. And then I just move from one object to the other object, speaking out loud, using my gestures, trying to use pauses, but trying to move around the space already as deliberate with my eye contact and with my movements as possible. If you want to take it just one notch up, if it's a, let's say, a presentation that really matters, then you can try to rehearse as well outside while walking. It's a little bit odd because people think like, who's who's this crazy person right now speaking here? (laughs) But it's a very powerful exercise just to walk outside, rehearse your story, rehearse your presentation. That way it will become more natural. You learn how to deal with feelings of judgment. When I rehearse for some very important presentations, I actually pick a tree in front of me that is, let's say, 10 meters away. And I just almost scream at the street. People are like, why is he screaming at the street? But it helps you become very comfortable with with, uh, the words that you'll use. That's interesting. Okay, let's talk about do's and don'ts, okay? So what are your top three storytelling do's and your top three storytelling don'ts? All right. (laughs) So um, top three do's. Uh, let's start with the first one. Do if it's a customer success story, the success story should be the hero of the success story should be the customer and not you. You are only the guide that helps the customer reach their goal, but you're not the hero of the story. So make the customer the protagonist. Tell the story from their perspective if it's a customer success story. Second, do um, make it about a specific person. Now in business, we often talk about, hey, company XYZ had these problems and we solved these problems. Well, if you tell a story about a company, it's likely that your listeners won't care. We as humans, we care about other humans. We don't care about companies. You tell me anything about this company, I don't care, right? 
But as, as long as a human is involved, I will pay much more attention. So make it about a specific person. And then the last one, share a relevant story. Now, I know connection stories, the stories that we had at the beginning, that's probably the only exception. That, that can be on pretty much any random topic. But the other stories, they should be extremely relevant. Storytelling is all about sharing relevant stories that, the, that your listeners can relate to. So make some, do some due diligence before, right? Who are you talking to? What industry? What, what, what do you know about the customer? What do you know about the company? So the more specific you can be, the more you can pick a story that is actually relevant to them. Only once it's very relevant, you should then pick a story and tell it to your customer. Now, these are the three do's. Uh, let's talk about the three don'ts. Don't number one, it's don't tell a crazy long story. I know we're all raised on TED Talks and I love TED Talks, right? But hey, for business, you want to bring in stories that are one, two minutes long. If it's your founder story and it's absolutely incredible, maybe three minutes, but don't make it longer than that. Other than that, you will lose your audience's attention. Um, let's see. Don't number two. So don't number two. Ah, don't change your entire performance when you go into story mode. We often see this, that the moment people go into stories, they go into this once upon a time <laughs> mode where they just change their entire attitude and make it more sound like a performance. So when you tell your story, just hey, be yourself, have fun with that, and just weave it into your conversation as smoothly as possible. That's don't number two. And let's see, don't number three is if you don't include emotions into your story. By not including any challenge, any emotions, it's a pretty boring story. We humans, we care about emotions. That's what really, that what, what's driving a story. So make sure that you have some sort of emotions in there to, for the story to be a captivating one. The, the, those are great. And I do want to say that I noticed when you were telling your founder story, it, it was um, emotional and, um, and, and not long. You know, I mean, you really kept to the points of it and, and you know, held my attention. Uh, you know, it was, okay, so then what did he do? Then what did he do? You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, that, that's, that was a great example of what you were just now talking about. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so can someone actually start sharing a story when they're in a meeting? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what a lot of people struggle with. And I totally understand that. Um, I'd say there are a few natural ways where you can tell a story. Um, let's say the other party is telling you about the problem that they are having. Let's say a customer is telling you about a specific pain point that they're going through. And now instead of saying, ah, here, I have this incredible solution that will solve all your problems. You can say, um, you know what, Diane, 
this this reminds me a little bit of a similar customer that I had a few years back. Would it be helpful if I shared how that customer had what problem that customer had and how they overcame it? And then go into the story, right? So when someone tells you a story, ask them whether they actually want to hear about that other customer. That's one option. Another option is let's say you share a little bit more complex topic, and you can say, well, I know it's a little bit more, it's a little bit tougher to get this one. Should I share a quick example that illustrates that point? Mm. And then go into your story. But what you want to do is you always want to just share with them, hey, do you want to hear an example? Should I tell you about an experience about another customer? So you want to ask them whether they actually want to hear about your story. Now, what do you see there? Maybe you noticed, but I didn't use the word story when I said right now this, I said more example, experience. Yeah, I did notice that. So that's again, because when we use stories, stories often are this, a lot of people have some sort of reaction to story. Some may, may think they're like, oh, here we go. Now this is this classic fairy tale is going to waste my time for now 15 minutes. Yeah. Thanks God. Um, that's maybe one reaction, hopefully not too many times. Another reaction could be like, Oh, um, can you just not get to the point now quickly? I don't want to hear anything, right? So whatever it is, people have sometimes, sometimes, not every time, but let's say even if only 5% react that way, you want to just reduce your chance of people reacting that way. So instead of using stories, use examples or um, experience or case to ask if they want to hear about it. I see. Okay, I love that. That, and it's that permission-based sort of thing. So then you're getting their buy-in, so they're going to probably listen more mm. than just heading into it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, hey, if someone doesn't want to hear a story, well, then don't tell it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what resources are out there that, that you would recommend to help the listeners improve their storytelling skills? Okay. On this one, yeah, right now, the number one resource that I recommend is uh, check out my book, The Story Selling Method. The book will come out mid-March, but if you already want an advanced early copy, let me know. I'm happy to share one as well. So go on storyselling.in, and there you can download already parts of the book. And if not, just mid-March, it will come out. So Story Selling Method. Everything that we covered today will be in the book in much more detail. So the book, I think, is an incredible resource to help you get the stories out there and to help you use storytelling to grow your business. Now, um, one thing that we didn't talk about, the the TED Talk that I gave on yeah. confidence. Yeah. I think this one could be cool one to check out if you feel hey i'm getting a little bit nervous speaking in front of a crowd i feel that i'm overthinking a lot of things i feel like i'm feeling too judged by people then this could be an incredible resource to check out as well so just go on youtube um and type in tedx philip hum 1l2p and hum h-u-m-m and you can check it out it's i think it's it's a pretty fun ted talk to check out as well Okay, so just yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. We'd love to be in touch with anyone and any tips that I can give, I'd be more than happy to share. That that is so great. And and so I have two things. One, um, 
storytelling.in is in Nancy. Storyselling.in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Now, my other thing is so share with the listeners about this, um, the, you know, the concept of this TED talk as well about doing something embarrassing. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So the concept is that you put yourself on purpose in an embarrassing situation. And I know everyone is like wondering, why on earth would I do that? Right. I've done, have had enough embarrassing things in my life. Well, the moment you learn how to deal with embarrassment in these situations, you can deal with them in any situation. Now, let's make it more concrete. What could be some sort of embarrassing activity? Well, that activity could be if you go right now into the street and you ask the next stranger that you see, hey, excuse me, can I give you a hug? Or you go to the next coffee shop and you just lie down on the floor. Whatever it is, right? There are different scales around that. Some are easier, some are harder. But whatever gives you, let's say, these little bit goosebumps where you're like, oh man, this is this is really awkward. Well, that's an awesome exercise to go for. Now, why does it matter for any entrepreneur? Well, think about it. As an entrepreneur, one core, core quality that we have as an entrepreneur is to take action, right? to go for it, to take action and not to overthink what all the people could be saying there. It's about, let's say, when you post that LinkedIn article, when you speak in front of another group, when you contact that customer, the quicker, bolder you can take actions, the more successful you can be in your business. And so by putting yourself on purpose in these embarrassing situations, you learn how to be okay with feelings of judgments. By being okay with feelings of judgments, you will take more action and have more confidence to go for your goals. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to share it because um, I, it's just so interesting for me that it feels more compelling to then want to learn more about that whole concept. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> No, for sure. It's such a fun tool. Honestly, it's very hard. I, I'm mindful of that, that it's not for everyone. And probably people are already thinking like, F this right now, right? I don't, I'm not going to do this. But hey, it's such a powerful tool. Hundreds of my clients have done constructive embarrassment and has changed their lives. I just love that constructive embarrassment. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And Philip, thank you so much for sharing this information. This is tremendously valuable. And I'll make sure, you know, all the information is in the show notes with the links and everything. Um, and you've shared with the listeners, you know, how they can find you. So um, once again, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Diane. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again, on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called 
Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.